Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third season of Old Wisdom, New Insights. This is Niu Niu with a bonus episode. Our show has been going on for three seasons, and I've always wanted to include an outsider's opinion, someone who has a Western perspective. And today is the dream come true day for me. Let's welcome our very special guest, Professor Steve Roddy from the University of San Francisco. Hello, Professor. Welcome to Old Wisdom, New Insights. Hello there. Hello. Very great to have you here. So, would you mind briefly introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. I'm a professor, as you said,、uh, here in the U.S., specifically at the University of San Francisco. I've been at this particular school for almost 30 years now,、uh, and before that, I have spent most of my life in this area, in the San Francisco Bay Area.、Uh, but I did study in China, in Beijing, and elsewhere, and、uh, I do go back there. Well, at least until COVID, I went back there fairly often.、Mm-hmm. I teach、uh, a combination of literature and culture classes. So I cover both China and more broadly East Asia.、Mm-hmm. Uh, in my classes, I teach classes on Japanese literature and culture as well, and、uh, sometimes even Korean. Although I'm、Ooh. not by any means an expert in that area. <laughs> Since you've been here in China and you teach classes related to Chinese,、um, maybe you can introduce yourself briefly in Chinese as well. Several sentences. 我叫中文叫斯定文，斯就是斯大林的斯。Mm-hmm. 斯文嘛，中间加个定，一定的定。我是美国人，从一九七四年就开始学中文的。你是我认识的中文发音最好的外国人呢。Seriously, <laughs> seriously, you, your pronunciation and tone thing, the tone thing, which drives a lot of my foreign friends crazy. But you're like really great at it. Amazing. <laughs> I'm I'm truly. Oh, thank you. For for those of you who are listening to the podcast, because previously I talked to Professor Rodin in English mostly, and、um, he told me he knows Chinese, but I didn't anticipate it to be this good. I mean, wow! I am truly impressed. Now let's dive into the theme of this episode. In our previous conversation, Professor Roddy said he's relatively more familiar with Zheng Xie Zheng Banqiao. Since we've just learned something about this man in our previous two episodes, I'm going to cut the chase and ask directly about our star of the previous two episodes. So I was wondering if you are to introduce Zheng Banqiao to your friends, to your foreign friends who do not really have a, you know, background in Chinese culture, or maybe if you are to introduce Zheng Banqiao to your students, what would you say? How would you introduce him? I haven't taught a class on this subject for a long time. I did in the early 2000s teach some of his work.、Hmm. But I introduced him as part of the lineage of Wenren Hua, Wenren Literati.、Mm-hmm. So I think, in a lot of ways,、uh, his work does, in fact, carry the tradition of the so-called literati artists, which is a particular, you could say, the mainstream of Chinese art and painting. But it has a particular flavor and a particular 
ideology too. So I introduce him, maybe you could say, you know, the most extreme example of what Sushu was doing. You know, Sushu was a great painter of bamboo too. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. there's a clear link uh, between those two people and, you know, a lot of people in the middle too. Uh, but it was also how they saw life, how they thought of painting as a form of self-expression. Mm. And Zhang Banqiao, I think, is very clearly a good example of that kind of way of looking at how art should be first and foremost a vehicle for self-expression and it shouldn't foreground or it shouldn't be considered simply a means of reproducing mm. any kind of accurate or at least visually representation of reality. Mm. Yeah, that is a really good angle. We know Zheng Xie, Zheng Banqiao has a lot of identities. He was a great artist. He knows calligraphy, painting, wrote poems and articles. And um, he's also kind of a merchant in a way because he sold his works with a clear price tag, which is very innovative for people, especially scholars in his time. And also he's kind of a official, though not a really high positioned one, but still. So from a Western perspective, what is his most famous identity in your opinion? Well, I think even from a Chinese perspective, most people know him through his paintings. So <laughs> yeah, I would say that's true. that uh, the way that people typically encounter him in any context, whether in China or outside of China, he was a very prolific artist. So it's not hard to find many, many examples of his work, unlike some artists who you know, might only have a few pieces that are still extant. Uh, his work is all over the place, and not only as a painter of uh, bamboo or orchids, uh, etc., but of uh, calligraphy as well. In fact, I have a piece of his calligraphy on my wall. Oh, not really? A, not an original, but... Uh, <laughs> what kind? Yeah, I really like his calligraphy. Uh, it's just one of his poems. It's in a very uh, kind of shu, uh-huh. uh, cursive style, and uh, sort of typical of his style, very freewheeling sort of like a drunken scholar <laughs> So why, why do you like him so, uh, so much? I would say, why do I like him so much? Yeah. I got into him actually as part of the, you know, Yangzhou Baguai. I like them all. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's sort of the most uh, prominent of them yeah. uh, in many ways. But uh, I would say uh, some of them were better, I think, or at least they had uh, a more varied repertoire of, of, of subjects. For those of you who don't know, Yangzhou is a very famous city in China for having produced great artists. Mm-hmm. And Zheng Xia, although he wasn't from there originally, he spent a lot of time there and he's considered one of the Yangzhou artists uh, mm-hmm. because of that and because of his associations with the others. Uh, so, you know, they were great. They, they were just very innovative and they're called the strange or, the, you know, Baguai, the eight of Yangzhou. yes. Yeah, so I got into him looking at all of those artists and looking not only at their art, but their sort of way of life. As you said, many of them or most of them supported themselves uh, through their art. So that was sort of unusual, as you, as you mentioned, for certainly for scholars of that time, but even for artists, uh, they, they couldn't be quite so blatantly interested in uh, the monetary value of their work. That was mm-hmm. sort of covered up, but these guys... <laughs> didn't worry about that. They kind of flaunted it. Uh, so yeah, it was, I think everything sort of flows together for Cheng Xie. It was his art and his uh, 
general way of thinking and way of life. He, he was a decent poet, and I like a lot of his writings, too. Um, so we talked about Zheng Manqiao being a very interesting character, and uh, since you like him very much, I was wondering, is there a favorite Zheng Manqiao story of yours or any anecdote, anything you want to share to our audience that you find very interesting about this man? Well, I think he's interesting uh, because he was part of this group of people. I mentioned the Yangzhou Bagui, mm -hmm. but also a lot of other writers and uh, people like Wu Jingzi, the author of one of the great novels of that period, the 18th century. He was also a friend of, uh, of Zheng Banqiao's, although you know, maybe not a very close friend. Mm -hmm. But there are many anecdotes, actually, in his novel, Ruin Wai Shi, Mm -hmm. that have Zheng Banqiao-like characters, you know, these sort of very eccentric, odd characters uh, who, you know, flaunt social conventions. They're the foils of these other characters who are very rigid, you know, are the people that Zheng Banqiao makes fun of when he, mm -hmm. he talks about the people that are kind of ridiculously devoted to social convention and to kind of getting ahead in the world. Well, this actually brings us to the end of today's special episode of Old Wisdom, New Insights. Super glad to have Professor Roddy joining our show. Hopefully, we'll have him again talking about some other cool historical figures in this program in the future. So stay close with us. I'm sure you don't want to miss out. Hey guys, this is Niu again. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe via wherever you tune in. If you have any questions or feedback, please get in touch via email at crilearnchinese at gmail.com. Or you can interact with me directly on my Facebook page, Niu Niu Chinese. That's N-I-U N-I-U Chinese. Thanks for your company and see you next time on Old Wisdom, New Insights.